Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. It's a wonderful evening in Coolidge, Arizona on this April the 27th, 2017. Happy for each of you who have tuned in tonight. We're in Revelation chapter 20. And actually, tonight we plan to cover verses 4, 5, and 6. Last week, uh, we discussed verses 1 to 3, and that will, of course, be recorded and has been recorded and is posted for your listening delight. In verse 4, starting right in with tonight's lesson, here's what else he saw. This is another another overlay of the previous three verses. This then and it doesn't say then I saw, by the way, if your English Bible says then. The then is not there. It's and I saw, which means uh, in conjunction with what he's already said. It's a connecting verse. So, on one hand, he sees what we talked about last week in verses 1 to 3. Oh, by the way, when the angel came down and took hold of the dragon in verse 2, where did he find, where did the angel find the dragon? Anybody got an idea? You see, He's not in he's not in Gehenna, and he's not in the abyss, and he's not in Hades. He represents some force of evil that is anywhere. And I just wanted to bring that out. You see, it didn't tell us where he found him. He just laid hold of him. He limited him wherever he was, and however he was performing, he was limited. He didn't have to have a specific location because he's not talking about a person known here as the devil. It is who he is using to represent his evil works that is going to be bound. And we talked about that last week. And uh, and we also talked about that he's bound from what he is attempting to do. He's bound from deceiving the nations no longer and... So we asked last week, the nations are not the deceiver, but they're the who? The ones being deceived. They're the ones being deceived. So the nations are not the deceiver, but they are the ones being deceived. Who is left to do the deceiving if the nations aren't the deceivers? Israel. That would be the Jews. The, um, <clears throat> the wayward Jews, and we, we discussed that last week. So that, those are just some additional thoughts. So let's move right into verse 4. And uh, that then needs to be removed uh, because it implies something that's not there, that it was chronological. 
Remember that none of the book of Revelation is written chronologically. It's written thematically, according to a theme. And these themes overlap, <clears throat> not always starting and ending at the same point, but they are duplicates in time because they're talking about theme. And we'll see that more here in this chapter And I might say one more thing before we get into the heart of the lesson today, and that is that May 18th, that's, uh, we have three more Thursday nights. The 18th will be the last lesson. We should be done with chapter 20 by that time with plenty of time to deal with the issues in the rest of this chapter. So remember that we just have three more weeks. Now, folks, a reminder again that going through this book the way we've done, trying not to leave any stone unturned, has been a a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. If you've missed one lesson, there is no way for you to get it all put together because every lesson has some critical factor. And we ought to take that seriously. Tonight... Let's begin with verse 4. And I saw thrones. Along as what else he saw with the angel and the dragon and the abyss and the thousand years of the previous three verses, and he saw thrones. This is what he saw going on at the same time. In one place there were thrones. And they had somebody sitting on them, multiple thrones. Judgment was given to them. And, and if your text says, and I saw, there is no I saw there either. It should just read, and the souls of those who had been beheaded. Because of, and this is why they were beheaded, because they had a testimony of Jesus, and because of the word of God, and those who had, and also those who had not worshipped the beast or his image, had not received the mark on their forehead and on their hand. We've talked about all of those things in previous lessons. We won't go and do deal with that again. And they, they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Now, I need to insert right now <clears throat> a statement that is lifted out of the last part of verse 5 that should be in the last part of verse 4. So pay attention. When verse 5 starts out with the rest of the dead, it should have the latter sentence of that verse put ahead of that. This is the first resurrection. And in many of the old manuscripts, that's how it is. And why that's got changed in the latter manuscripts, I don't know. So this is the first resurrection belongs and attached to verse 5. I mean verse 4, excuse me. Now let's go back to verse 4. We have thrones, somebody sitting on those thrones, multiple thrones, and judgment was given to them. Let's see if we can identify who those might be. Let's go first of all to Matthew 19, verses 28 to 30. Matthew chapter 19. 
28. Now we're getting into some, most of this from this point is quite familiar. There aren't many uh, tricks of the trade in these verses that we have to deal with tonight. They're all pretty straightforward. And Jesus said to them, and you know, he just got through talking with Peter, truly I say to you that you who have followed me in the regeneration, when the Son of Man will sit on his glorious throne, that's called the time of regeneration. You also shall sit upon 12 thrones, judging the 12 tribes of Israel. <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and read the next two verses, although that's the verse that we really wanted to get into. Everyone who has left houses, or, and I think that he's talking about every one of you 12, who has left houses or brothers or sisters or father or mother or children or, or farms for my name's sake, will receive many times as much and will inherit eternal life. But many first will be last. The last shall be first. I think he is suggesting in that last phrase that there's, there is going to be a priority in the resurrection. There's going to be specialty and favors granted in the resurrection. And put it right straight now, you and I are not in that first resurrection. But let's see if we can determine who they might be first. Let's go now from Matthew 19, verse 28, to 1 Thessalonians 4. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. And verse 17. Now we've we've had a discussion here. Uh, That's recorded in lesson number 4. We're on episode 133. So 129 lessons ago, folks, we've built the foundation for this lesson tonight. And if you weren't with me then, tough luck. <laughs> you have, you're, re, you're held responsible for having been there then and stayed with us all the way through. We can't just keep going back and back and back and redoing those, those things. So <clears throat> we all have responsibilities, and when we're giving something uh, as kind of a, a once-in-a-lifetime shot, we, if we're serious about it, we will want to be there all the way through. And hopefully that's how you feel too. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 and verse 17, then we, who's the we? You know from the lesson, 129 lessons ago? The apostles. The apostles. Good. We who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we, who's the we? The apostles. The apostles will always be with the Lord. <clears throat> and he tells the church, now you comfort yourselves with that because you've been concerned. You're all uptight about what's happening to the apostles. We've told you what was happening to them, and they're going to be caught up. They're going to be raptured, and they're going to fulfill the promise that Jesus gave to us in Matthew 19:28 that they would go to the thrones and become the judges over Israel. 
Now, that covered a lot in a hurry. So the first one, the first part of verse 4, and I saw thrones, and they sat on them. We're suggesting to you folks that that is referring to who? The apostles, and judgment was was given to them. Who's the them? The apostles. apostles. Now, that's one group. I think that's pretty accurate. And, uh, but the, the background is the confirmation of that that we've had. So now <clears throat> we have another group. He saw the souls of those who had been beheaded. So when he sees them immediately, they're not alive. They're not embodied. He sees just the soul, the representation of who they were but not they themselves. He saw their souls of those who had been beheaded. Now that is a Roman form of execution. And here, probably and most likely best understood as those that suffered martyrdom in the persecution. And most likely uh, either uh, before Claudius Caesar, and or even including the persecution under Nero. And so the souls of those who have been beheaded because of the testimony of Jesus, so they've been beheaded, but now we have a series of reasons why they were beheaded. One, because they had a testimony in favor of Jesus. Testimony is an expression. Some folks in the church have never given an expression of who they believe Jesus is to anybody. And somehow they still expect to be saved. The pause is pregnant. We have mindless people in the church, but we don't have anybody that's been beheaded. <laughs> Maybe there's no difference. But because of one, they have a testimony. It's in your notes, by the way. Um, <clears throat> secondly, uh, because of how they related to the Word of God, they stood fast on it. They stood to it. They didn't philosophize it. They knew what it was. They stood for it. No compromise. And and fourthly, they had not given any allegiance to the beast or his image. They had kept from getting entangled with the movement of the present times They had remained pure from their persuasion of the political powers of their age, stayed free of that. So they they had a testimony. They had something that was right, provable, to say about the Lord Jesus Christ. They believed in the Word of God, and it was known, 
and so they had their heads lopped off. They had not given allegiance to the beast or its image, and it should be its image. Beast is neuter. They had not received the thinking or the mark of the beast. They had not started to think. And by the way, today almost, is that, am I right? Whew. Alex just checked me out on that. I said the beast was neuter, and I was going by memory. Thank you. <clears throat> and I'm glad I was right, but if I'd been wrong, we'd have corrected it, right? So that the, the English is an error there. It's not his image, but its image, and we should have remembered that from the previous text. And they had they had not they have had not allowed their thinking to be forced into compliance with what was popular, with the mark of the on the forehead, and they had not rendered their hand to give it any service. We have discussed all of those facts in past lessons. And so they had kept themselves pure from all of the influence of their surroundings. You know, there are, there are folks who say, well, Jesus is just going to be my, he, he's, going, he, he's going to be my mediator. He's going to cover me. Folks, if you, have, if you go and stand before God carrying with you all the baggage that you pick up from your the society from which you live in, you're not going to stand before God. If you know something is wrong, you need to get rid of it if it's in the earshot of other people or in the eyesight of other people. And they had not received the mark on their forehead and on their hand. And, and what happened to them now? They came to life. Yes, they did. They came to life and they reigned with Christ for a thousand years. <clears throat> Now we're getting that thousand years. But there's no A. But there's no A. So it's it's just thousand years. And uh, <clears throat> the um there's a significance to that that I'm gonna deal with probably not tonight, but there's a there is a, a little formula, um no article, article, and then no article. There's a formula that if you follow that it means that there is a change of topic, but not necessarily of time. And uh, I don't think we're going to have time to do that tonight. Now, now we want to go back to uh, uh, Revelation chapter 6. <clears throat> Revelation chapter 6 and verse 10. Because what, I, what I'm suggesting now is that what we're seeing now even though it is still prophetic, it's still a vision that John is seeing and recording. It is in his vision, it is the fulfillment of what he had early had as a vision of something to be fulfilled later on in his vision. This is that event. Is that clear? So we, we look at uh, Revelation chapter 6. <clears throat> and uh, what verse? Verse 10. 
And they cried out. Now, where, where are they? Well, when he broke the fifth seal, the lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain because of the word of God and because of the testimony which they had maintained. And they cried out with a loud voice. These are those who were martyrs at that time. Go back, read the lessons. Listen to those lessons. It's all, it's all detailed out back there. They cried out with a loud voice saying, oh, How Lord, how long, how long, how long, O Lord, holy and true, will you refrain from judging and avenging our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Well, what we're reading in Revelation chapter 20 is that fulfillment. In 1 Peter chapter 4, and this, I'm going to have to read this, but I don't want to, there's, there's so much involved in this verse that I don't want to get caught up in some of the things. But in verse 6 of 1 Peter chapter 4, For the gospel has for this purpose been preached even to those who are now dead, that, that though they are judged in the flesh as men, and of course that's referring to what we're reading about in the persecution, these who were judged in the flesh as men were those who were judged by the world in which they lived as not worth living. That's how they were thought of and why they were beheaded, why they were persecuted, why they were martyred, or in, through whatever process, because they were judged in the flesh as men, unworthy, and then in, and judged in the flesh as men, that, and they may now live in the Spirit according to the will of God. So we see that verse fulfilled here as well. Those who are dead, having been judged in the flesh, now are alive in the Spirit and are those who make up the first resurrection. They came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. Now, they reigned with him for how long? Well, until 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 21 to 28 is fulfilled. From the rapture of the apostles, from the, and involving, including in here the first resurrection, from the rapture, from the resurrection to the victory, they were going to reign with Christ. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians 15. <clears throat> period of time. For a period of time. And it just means a thousand years is not to be, it's a, a, a round number, <clears throat> it's a huge number, not ever meant to be taken literally. Literal numbers are uneven numbers in the book of Revelation. Uh, um, straight numbers, numbers unrounded, <clears throat> are uh, talking about the inclusiveness of what goes on in that period of time, the perfecting of what goes on from that period of time, whether one day is with the Lord as a thousand days with the Lord, right? 
and, and Peter again. So he's not talking about, he's, there, there is another even number, and he's not talking about the length of time. He's talking about whatever time it is, it's going to be long enough to get the job done and to get it done completely and perfectly. Perfect, perfectly. <clears throat> In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, <clears throat> and uh, verses 21 on, we'll begin with verse 21. I'm not going to deal with some of the issues here. Just We've been through this before as well. Uh, we've had some sidelight lessons on this passage as well in the past. So um, it's there for you to study. In verse 21, for since by a man, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 21, for since by a man came death. By a man also the resurrection of the dead. Now, and that's, in, that's important because if Jesus was something else than a man, the resurrection would mean nothing to anybody. It's no trick for God to be resurrected. That was free. <laughs> for as in Adam, in other words, when is that little phrase in Adam means, and I just didn't want to get caught up in all this, but the thing is that... Uh, we have to realize that when you sin after the similitude of Adam, you die. So also, in Christ, positioned in Christ, all will be made alive. All of those who enter into Christ will be made alive, shall be made alive, future, passive, indicative, meaning they shall be because of where they are, and that's in Christ. Those who enter into Adam because they sin after the similitude of Adam enter into him, and in him it represents death. Is that clear? And they got that messed up too. Verse 23, but each in his own order. Christ the first fruits. After that, those who are Christ in his presence. Now remember, we've discussed that before. Presence, see? In the presence, in, in the presence of him. We're in that event right now in Revelation chapter 20. That's where we are. We've been there for a while. So there is that going on that's going on in verses 4 through 6 of our text in Revelation 20. And then verse 24, then comes the end. The end of what? The end of Judaism, the end of death, as defined here in this context. When he hands over the kingdom that is the old kingdom, the old kingdom to God and the Father, when he has abolished all rule and all authority and one power, for he must reign until he has put all of his enemies under his feet, and the last enemy that will be abolished is death. Folks, that's the end of the thousand-year period. Why? 
It isn't because of how long it took, but because his mission has been completed and perfected. There's nothing else for him to do. That's how long the apostles and those who take are participants in the first resurrection reign with Christ is until this is accomplished. And they are there as the apostles to reign and to rule and to judge the 12 tribes of Israel. So when Israel and the, the old kingdom is handed over to God the Father, there is no longer a need for them to be on their thrones of judgment. So in verse 4, I saw thrones. We know who, what we're, who we believe are likely on those thrones. Judgment was given to them, not given to anybody else, that is at least specifically given to them, as it was to the apostles. And we read that in Matthew 20, uh, 19, verse 28. And then he saw the souls that were going to be there as companions to the apostles. Why? Because they had been beheaded. Because of what it was that the apostles brought to them, they had kept their word. They had kept uh, the apostles' teaching. They had been beheaded. They had been martyred. So they were there to reign with the apostles for the thousand years or until the accomplishment of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. When it says in the latter part of that verse 4, and they came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. I need to emphasize that none of you are in that picture. I am not in that picture. It was the souls that came to life and reigned with Christ for a thousand years. That constitutes the first resurrection. You and I have nothing about it. And folks, that reigning was not, was not on earth, but it was where? It was in heaven. It is where Christ is, where Christ was. And it's where those who were in the first resurrection went to. And that's where they stayed. In that place, that realm of heaven, and... Um, that's where the reign took place. And today, they're using that passage to talk about there will be a reign of Christ for a thousand years on earth. Folks, that is pure garbage. And we know it was in heaven because John had not been sent back to earth. He was in the same place seeing all of these things that he'd been. Oh, that's right. Through the open door. That's, did I hope, you, I hope every, did everybody get that? Did they, they record that good... Good point. So, <clears throat> here you have the victorious ones, the apostles and the martyrs. They were the victorious ones. You and I are not in this resurrection. Now, the first resurrection is set over against the second death coming up in verses 5 and 6. 
But I need to make some other comments first. Paradise was the place or the state where the righteous were required to wait pending Christ's redemptive work on the cross. Did you get it? I see somebody scratching a bald head. Paradise was the place, or Hades, Paradise and Tartarus were a part of Hades. Paradise was the place, and here we're talking specifically, though, however, about the righteous people. Righteous under the covenant in which they lived, under the law, particularly here now. Uh, So paradise was the place or the state where the righteous were required to wait pending Christ's redemptive work on the cross. Now, the next statement I'm going to make should be worthy of everyone getting angry. Because these saints, under the law, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, all Jews and all Gentiles. Both, all people of both Jew and Gentile have sinned. These saints were stained by sin. They were still saints. They were under the law. They have a covenant with God. And even though they had sinned, they still could enter paradise as Jesus took the thief with him to Hades or to paradise. But those saints who had been stained by sin, which is all of them, of prior ages, were not admitted into the presence of God until they were washed in the blood of the Lamb. And that's lost in our churches. We, as Christians today, do not come under the blood of the Lamb until we are baptized into Christ. And if you have not been baptized in the watery grave of baptism, you have come no closer to the blood of Jesus Christ than a stick of celery. And you need to get busy about doing the right thing in the right way at the right time, which is now. But even those who died as saints could not enter into the presence of God under the law or under prior ages, including the patriarchal age, until they had been washed in the blood of the Lamb. It was the holding place even for the righteous. Do we get that? 
The thief on the cross, in Luke 23, and verse 43, Today thou shalt be with me in paradise. Even Jesus, with the thief, they both went into paradise because the thief could not go directly where Jesus was going to go. Let's go to John 20. I don't think this is in your notes, folks. I'm ad-libbing. Chapter 20 of John, verse 17. Just a few verses here quickly. And Jesus said to her, Stop clinging to me. That was Mary. Why? For I have not ascended to my Father, but I go but go to my brethren and say to them, I ascend to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. Did Jesus have a God as well? Oh, yeah. There it is, folks. It's all there. But what I'm really after here is that Jesus telling her, don't cling to me because this is not about me. This is about my mission. You've got to have the mission right. And if you've got the mission right, you've got something to talk to people about. If you haven't got that right, you have nothing to talk about people about. We have to get it right. Let's go to Acts chapter 2. Acts chapter 2 and verse 27. Because you will not abandon my soul to Hades, nor allow your Holy One to undergo correction. So you see, Jesus, his soul went to where in that verse? You're right. The Hades. Paradise was a part of Hades. It was the place where people who were saints could go because they could not go into the presence of God until they had been washed in the blood of the Lamb. And Psalms chapter 16, verse 10, says the same thing. Let's go now to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. <clears throat> and um, just some verses here to expand your knowledge here on this issue a little bit. Verse 2, chapter 12, 2 Corinthians, I know a man in Christ who is 14 years, uh, who 14 years ago, and probably this man in Christ was himself. I'm not going to argue one way or the other. Whether in the body I do not know or out of the body I do not know, God knows such a man was caught up to the third heaven. I think he is talking about himself in the third person here. And I know how such a man, whether in the body or apart from the body, I do not know, God knows, was caught up where? Into paradise. And heard inexpressible words, which a man is not permitted to speak. And you don't take your salvation serious? Go back to Luke chapter, well, no, let's not do Luke is the story of the rich man and Lazarus, and I think we all are familiar with that story. But that's in Luke chapter 16. Look at verses 19 through 31, which we're not going to do tonight because we're almost out of time. So it's, it's clear, folks, that we have to understand the reason, the reason why there was a waiting place for even the saints 
as well as those who were into Tyrus, to be punished under any age previous to the age of Christianity. They must have a waiting place because until the blood of Christ is shed, no one can enter the presence of God. Now let's go back to Revelation chapter 20. Have I lost everybody? I don't see steam. I don't see tomatoes. Um, I think it's revolutionary to grasp that issue. In Revelation chapter 20 and verse 10, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet are also, and they will be tormented night and day forever and ever and ever. The second death is a total and complete removal from the presence of God. Complete disorder. All of the parts of the wagon are there, but they're scattered, and nothing functions. There is no purpose to anything that exists in Gehenna. That's the second death. The second death, the second death has no power over those who were participants in the resurrection. Let's go to Revelation chapter 2. And folks, I've got to really put this together, cap this off here quickly. He who has, this is Revelation chapter 2, 11. I don't think this is in your notes either, folks. He who has an ear, I get off, I get off course tonight, see? That's your fault. He, has an, he, ha, he who has an ear, let him hear what the source, what the Spirit says to the churches. This is the source of the information. Out of the very, very who God is, out of who he is. That's the source. It says to the churches, he who overcomes, he who overcomes, those who are martyrs, and still stay true. Those who overcome, even if they're not martyred, those who overcome will not be hurt by the second death. And the second death we've already defined as Gehenna. Now we go to Philippians chapter 1. And then we'll try to tie this all together. If I can find it, I think it's... Is that in the New Testament, Alex? Philippians? Philippians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23. <clears throat> Philippians 1, But if I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor for me, but I do not know which to choose. For I am hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is much better. Yet, he says to go, if I remain on in the flesh, it is more necessary for your sake. For the sake of the church, it's better that he remains, but from his standpoint, he'd rather be with Christ. That's how you've got to think about it. 
So let's go back and review uh, or finish up here. And so in verse 5, the rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years were complete. And that's when the apostles and those who are reigning with Christ are going to judge those who are in Hades at that time. Blessed and holy is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. Over those, the second death has no power. But they will be priests of God and of Christ, and they will reign with him for a thousand years, which means that he they, they will reign with him until all of what he has been assigned to accomplish has been accomplished. We see four things under verse 6. Here we have the preferred resurrection. Those are blessed and holy, and that word blessed there is makorios. It means contented. They are content. They have no worries. They have no fear. Holy, they are holy, separate from the others, is the one who has a part in the first resurrection. Folks, that's the victory of having been put to death because of what you believe in. It's almost like it was the resurrection of a cause. They live in the cause now for which they had died. You see that? And because they were living in that cause for which they were willing to die, the second death has no power over them. And now they will be rewarded as priests of God and of Christ and will reign with him until Christ's work is completed. And we discussed that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. They were set up in heaven for what's coming. If you believe that all Christians of that age were raptured, then there is no need, nor was there, a resurrection of the dead. Because the rapture only includes those who were living. And there is therefore no first resurrection. That's why, Neil, I cannot buy some of the views that the idea of a rapture of all Christians destroys the idea of a resurrection. And I can't buy the preterist view on that at this time. All right, our time is up. I think we've covered four, five, and six, um, hopefully sufficiently. There's a lot there. A lot more could be said. But we see, in conclusion, we see the apostles and the martyrs on the throne, ruling with Christ, reigning with Christ, as priests of God and of Christ, for the period of time until everything that has been assigned to Christ has been accomplished, as we read in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for another wonderful evening in your word together. We want to know things as you want us to know them. That is our intent. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.